0: Raise your hand if you have ever taken a personality test. (laughs) Raise your hand if you have taken a personality test, perhaps on Facebook, in the last week. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I personally am a green circle earth INFJ Ravenclaw. (laughs) Many of us have an interest in these little tests. It is why they keep popping up on social media and in corporate cultures. People click on the links, people fill out the questionnaires. We want to know who we are, where we belong, which Harry Potter house best describes us. There is an appeal, a relief, to the idea that part of our identity can be easily categorized. And we do the same thing with faith. We want to know that we can get the right word The right belief that we can join the right church and sign up for the right program and exhibit the right behavior, and then, once we have it, everything else in our life will fall into place neatly. It would be easier if this was the case, if our faith was a once-and-done thing, if our church life could be a once-and-done thing, if our questions about beliefs and behaviors could be so quickly and cleanly classified. The Apostle Paul, as mentioned, was first and foremost a pastor. And so when we read his epistles, we can imagine that he is responding to some of the challenges and the needs and the questions from his local congregations. And although he doesn't name all the questions, I think we can imagine what some of them might be, judging by the response he gives. So, is our faith more about what we do with our bodies or our spirits? Does God care more about what we sacrifice or how we live? Should I be more concerned about my measure of faith or the measure of faith in other people? Is our religion about what we feel or more about what we think? We can imagine people asking these questions because they are questions that we still ask we still strive to understand the world in terms of this and that, in terms of what's behind door A or door B. We still try to figure out the perfect word or action that will change us, that will make us over once and for all into the perfect Christian. But here, in Romans and throughout the scriptures, we are reminded that our faith, our church, doesn't fit behind door A or door B. In Christ, when we ask, does this or that matter? The answer is yes. Yes, this and that do matter. Yes, it is about what we do with our bodies and our spirits. It is about how we live and what we sacrifice. It is about confession and about affirmation of faith. It is about our strengths and our weaknesses. It is about our feelings and our thoughts. Yes, it is about our relationship with God and our relationship with other people and others people's relationships with God. In Christ, by grace, nothing is left untouched. Nothing is left unmoved. All is being made over. All is being made new. The way we look at ourselves the way we look at each other, the way we look at our world, our whole bodies, lives, and relationships are all being made over and transformed. And here is the key. This transformation process is not an individual, one-and-done thing. It is, this is also true of the translation process. And this was brought home by the end of Harlan's email to me, I thought the most profound point came in these last few sentences where Harlan wrote, Finally, it should be noted that when the whole Bible had been completed and the manuscript sent to the American Bible Society for printing, a new team would immediately be formed to begin translation anew because language is alive and its meanings change even within a generation. Let's let that sink in for a moment these missionaries would spend hours and hours and hours poring over biblical texts, talking with local pastors and scholars, working together as a team, trying to figure out which words might speak into their lives and into the lives of their congregations. And then, once that translation was done, they did not close the book, put it on the shelf, pat themselves on the back for finally getting it right after all these years, No, instead, they would take a deep breath and prepare for someone else to begin the translating anew. The team would be expected to reform. The process would start again. Translation is not a one-and-done thing, and neither is transformation. The renewing of our minds is not a box we can check. The discernment of the will of God is not one test we can pass. Thinking with sober judgment, living in right relationship with each other, being part of the body of Christ, these are not places where we can hit the submit button and be done. Translation is about the work of a whole team across the ages. It does not end with one right word or one perfect translation. Transformation is about the life of the whole body across the ages. It does not end with one righteous answer or one just action. To get a little nerdy here, the Presbyterian Church comes from a theological tradition called Reformed Theology. This name, Reformed, comes from the 17th century, when someone used a phrase that became the backbone of our theology— Ecclesia reformata semper reformanda secundum verbi Dei which translates don't worry I can actually translate this one the church is reformed and always reforming according to the word of God with this obscure latin phrase we are saying that in following Christ we are not finished yet neither individually or collectively in following Christ the living word of God, the church, our faith, is not a one-and-done thing. The church, our faith, is formed and reformed and transformed and then reformed again and again. Now, we all definitely know that the church does not always live this out We all can name a time when a certain group of Christians have taken a certain biblical translation and used it to condemn a certain group of people. From slaves to women to LGBTQ people, from Democrats to Republicans to millennials, you name a group and a Bible passage can be interpreted to condemn them forever. But thank God we do not have the final word And I mean that reverently. Thanks be to God that we do not have the final word on our translation or our transformation. Thanks be to God that we do not have the final word on who is a member of Christ's body or on what is the perfect will of God. These are all things. We must constantly discern, trying out different possibilities, testing them with each other, studying other options, going back to the original text, trying, testing, studying the Word of God as it is embodied and experienced in the world all over again. Translation is not an individual one and done thing, transformation is not an individual one-and-done thing. Translation takes a whole team. Transformation takes a whole life, a whole life of faith, a whole body of believers. As one scholar put it, in order to be Christ in the world, we need each other. I wonder what unfolding story of transformation you have are carrying within yourself today. I wonder what unfolding moments of transformation you have experienced in a loved one's life. I wonder what ongoing, unfolding work of transformation you are seeing in the world, even now. Work that gives you hope. Work that you want to join. We hear the promises from the psalmists and the prophet Isaiah and the Gospels. God brings new life. The wastelands flourish, the wilderness blooms, the weary will be comforted. In God, what we dismiss as worn out and barren will, by grace, be transformed. And not just once, but over and over again. Translation is not a one-and-done thing. Transformation is not a one-and-done thing. We are each called individually and together to the work of constant translation and transformation. We are called to join with Christ in this transforming work of translating God's love to all people everywhere. We are called to re-embody Christ, the living word, to the whole world. No matter who we are or where we are from, no matter what our dominant personality trait or our Harry Potter house, no matter what our strength or weakness or our measure of faith, we each are called to be transformed by a love and a grace that is bigger than any we have known before. We are called to this transformation not just once, but over and over, and over, and over, and over, and over again. We will not have the final word, thank God. That is, we will not have the final word, thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, what we have to offer of ourselves of our lives you are ready to use, you are ready to transform. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us again and again for the work of your love and grace in this world, for all people, for all time. Amen.